Welcome back, folks, to another edition of the Garbage Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Keith DeMolder. It has been a while. We're now here in the great state of Hawaii uh, doing a little cross-country action. We have two very good friends of mine, Anna and Caleb, here on the podcast, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, some LDS folks. Um, Anna and Caleb, how are we doing? Doing well. How are you doing? Not too bad. Caleb, do I got you? Yeah, you've got me. Uh, thanks for having us on the podcast. We're excited to be here. Of course, of course. So, folks, uh, for those of you who do not know, um, Annalise and I go way back, um, friends from high school. Um, about seven years ago, uh, we met in AP Art History. Shout out Miss Frankie. <laughs> and we've, uh, we've been friends ever since. Uh, got a lot of good friends from the LDS church um so yeah i just wanted to to talk to you guys today um because you know dating within the church is is an interesting thing it's a a thing that i think there's a lot of misconceptions about um so i just wanted to bring you guys on here to get your perspective um and and kind of maybe clear up some misconceptions because they themselves are married so i just want to give you guys a round of applause for doing that (laughs) (laughs) thank you yeah we're we're just over a year strong right now, so. Wow, crazy. Wow. Actually, you guys are the first uh, married couple on the pod, so congrats. Look at that. I know, <laughs> not breaking ground. Um, okay, so firstly, got to start off the pod the same way I do all the time. On and Caleb, are men trash? Yes or no, why are we not? Are men trash? Mm-hmm. As a man, I am personally gonna say no. I don't. I don't think I'm trash. So, uh, a firm no for me. <laughs> now, why is that? Well, I. Uh, I don't know. I I just like to see the the good in people. I think there's obviously some some things that men do in general or ways that men are portrayed in in media that aren't great but i think there's two sides to every coin and i just want to focus and look on the the not trash side of the coin so to label all men as trash would just be against what i i think i try to do with my life okay okay on least the same question to you you know, I I really second what Caleb's saying. I think you can't just generalize like that and just say that all men are trash, right? But, I mean, there probably are people out there that are trash, but I wouldn't say that all men are trash. Okay, okay, fair enough. All right, so now we got that out of the way. We're talking relationships, obviously. Um, and it's funny, uh, one of my friends told me, they're like, oh, you don't have enough, like... Like, because I've, I've interviewed a lot of, like, my friends who aren't in relationships, and so now I'm like, all right, now I actually got to talk to people who are dating people, um, so I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, firstly, I'll just give you guys a chance to uh, tell the people, you know, the origin story. I'm sure you guys have said it a bajillion times, but uh, give us the lowdown. Give us the skinny. What, what happened, and uh, take me through all of it. Yeah, so I guess it goes back to my mission as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um, were encouraged to serve missions where we go out and volunteer to teach people about God and to do service, right? So on my mission, my mission president, the person leading the mission, told me that when I came home, I should volunteer in the temple, which is just 
a place that we we worship God, right? And it's all volunteer work um, that's done. So I went to college and I was volunteering in the temple and that's when I ran into Annalisa for the first time. But I was pretty shy and <laughs> a little bit more awkward than I am now, a little less sure of myself, I'd say. And so I uh, saw her there every week for like six or seven weeks in a row and didn't get the courage to talk to her until until just about six or seven weeks later. We were both on the same volunteer shift in the temple, and every time we would see each other, we'd pass little flirty smiles, but <laughs> we never actually talked to each other for a while until he comes up to me and asks me if I'm going to... There's like a an activity with all the people who are volunteering in the temple, and he asked if I was going to that. Yeah, so I asked if she was going to the social thing and we went there and I talked with her and I, I kind of chickened out. I didn't get her number. Oh yeah. And she got, she saw me get the, the numbers of a couple other girls who were there at the time. I was very offended. Yeah. So I mean, going from like flirty looks for almost two months in a row to, to seeing me get somebody else's numbers didn't play very well in my favor. Nope. (laughs) Um, But we were covered at a Chem 105 review, so we were both in a, an intro chemistry class at BYU. Which is brutal. They have this eight-hour-long review before the final where all the TAs from all the different professors take turns. And so we're both at this eight-hour review, and he sees me and comes over and talks to me. And we eventually end up leaving early and walking to the library, and he asks me out, or asks me for my number? I don't know. Yes, both. <laughs> Um, he, I don't know, I suggested that we study together, and he said something smooth, like, or we could do something more fun. (laughs) Yeah, so so we went on a date, and... What was the date? We just went and got hot chocolate and talked. It was one of those dates where you're talking with a person, and you look down at your phone or your watch, and you realize three hours have gone by, but it just feels like minutes. So, that's kind of when I knew... There was something special going on, and I was like, dang, holy cow. Because I had gone on dates with some other girls and stuff like that, but it didn't quite click like it did with Annalisa. And so I was I was pretty smitten, honestly. But she dropped some news on me at this first date. I told him that I had already put in my papers, so basically signed up to go on a mission as well. And so women usually go on their missions for a year and a half. So I was set to leave in January to go on a mission for a year and a half. Mind you, our first date was like December 15th. And so she (laughs) was leaving in less than a month. And I was leaving to go to Argentina. So it was some big news. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So just like, how can I make this guy like me more? I just want to leave I mean, nothing like a deadline, right? To I, I, just had, I just had to get him on the hook before I told him, you know? <laughs> Sheesh. That's fine. Okay, well, my, my question is, so I didn't know. I, I, I knew you guys had, like, interacted, but I didn't realize it was, like, oh, like, two months of, like, passing each other looks. Like, why? I, I'm surprised you didn't, like, uh, get her number, like, you know... I don't know, like, what was your first feeling when you first saw each other? Were you like, oh, yeah, they're cute, but, like, I don't know, whatever. Like, what was the mo- like, for both of you? 
Yeah, so she smiled, and I was like, dang, holy cow. Um, but the, the thing is, like, the temple is a very sacred and holy place. And a lot of people talk in whispers. It's kind of quiet and holy. Yeah, it's like a, it's a place of prayer, a place of reverence, right? And so to go up to a cute girl and just be like, Hey. How, <laughs> like, how you doing? Like, can I get your number? Right? Like, that's just... That's not the the right time the or the place, right? Yeah, not, right? not really the vibe. I mean, it's fine. It's not like frowned upon or anything. It just, it isn't the vibe. <laughs> gotcha. And, it makes sense. and the other part is I had just came off of a two-year mission. And on your mission, you don't pursue romantic relationships, right? You kind of set that time aside for the Lord and you just serve. And also, like, I'm from Iowa. I mean, she was like... She's from California. She's just, like, way cute, right? And so I was just... After two years of not really talking to girls and seeing her... Damn, she's pretty. Yeah, right? Like, I was just... (laughs) I was just shocked, and I just didn't know what to do. So... But, yeah, the first time I saw her, I was like, holy cow, who is that girl? Annalisa, what about you? Yeah, I had I had very similar feelings. I wasn't going to really approach him in the temple. I had just gotten out of a relationship, but I saw him and I was like, ooh, that's okay because this boy is so cute. And I told my roommates about him and they all knew him as Temple Boy because I didn't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I don't know. I just didn't really go up to him. Just because I didn't feel like the temple was really the right place for that. But I was definitely giving him the looks to kind of get him to come up to me, if that makes sense. (laughs) I was flirting with my eyes. It's fine. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. Okay, okay. So, um, you guys have the first date. Did you kiss on the first date? Not on the first date, no. So after the first date, um, that same night, he texts me and asks, what are you doing? Because we had still been messaging each other. And Uh I was just sitting in my apartment. And so after that first date, he... We actually lived in the same apartment complex and we had never run into each other. So it was crazy because we lived super close to each other. Um, But he asked if he could come by. So he came over and we watched White Collar and hung out. And we had already had a date set up for the next day. So that was on Saturday, right? And we had a date set up for Sunday. Yep. And so we kissed on on the second date. So on Sunday we watched It's a Wonderful Life. And she was like dropping hints the whole time that she wanted me to kiss her. But then she would like kind of like pull away or like turn away. And I was like, what is, like, what's the, what's the play here? Like... <laughs> You were giving me some mixed signals. And so I, I called her out on it after we kissed, like, that night. I was like, what was up with the mixed signals? And she's like, oh, I just wanted you to see the whole movie. Oh, gotcha. Wow. He'd never seen it before, and it's such a classic. I love that movie. And so I wanted oh, to, so I definitely wanted to kiss him, but I wanted him to see the whole movie, too. <laughs> Lol. What, what were the what were the what were the uh, the signals? Where you're like, mm, my lips are so dry. I wonder if there was somebody to make them wet, or like, what was what was it? Well, I'm definitely more subtle than that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What were my signals? <laughs> um, she got up 
She like she made an excuse to get up and like get water or something so that she could sit closer to me. Just kind of like sitting next to me and snuggling. Yeah, looking the like look at your lips and look at your eyes and look at your lips and look at your eyes, right? There's just some of uh, some of those things. Interesting, interesting. See, what you should have done is just been like, should have paused the movie and then be like, hold up, I want to finish this, but there's something I got to do for you. <laughs> you know, that would have been good advice. <laughs> yeah, come on, Caleb. You ruined it. I know. Hey, we got there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's funny. Um, okay, so then, uh, you know, you guys obviously go out, like, and then how long after that, um, Annalisa, did you go on your mission? And what was kind of like, conversations before the mission because i know that's like you know it's a year and a half and especially with limited communication were you thinking oh you know he's gonna find somebody else like we're done like what was kind of the the rationale for you yeah no that's a good question so i was going to leave let's see that was december 15th 16th and i left january 10th i think so it was just under a month um but part of that i was going to be back in california for just packing and getting ready so we only had like two and a half weeks together in person just about <laughs> something two it, weeks? it may have been closer to a week <laughs> <laughs> somewhere around there and um my thought process was basically like this guy is amazing i am super interested in him really like him great kisser great person in general so I was just hoping that he would be there when I got back, but also I didn't want to put any strings on it. I I was basically just kind of hoping for the best and thinking that we should just go into it, seeing what would happen. He kept making right. a joke that he would only uh, write me three times on my mission. <laughs> yeah, that's what I told her. And it was wow. good because I didn't want any kind of commitment. I wanted him to be able to date and have relationships with other people and not feel like I was limiting him in any way because we weren't even official or anything like that. So I think we just left it on a very like, oh, we'll see what happens, but we're both very into each other kind of a note. Yeah, so we wrote every week while she was gone. Oh, wait, wait, hold up, hold up. Before that, though, Caleb, what what was your sentiment when she was, like, leaving? Were you thinking, like, oh, I might date other people, like, was that something on your mind, or were you were like, even if you told her, oh, yeah, like, I'll date other people, that you were like, no, this is the girl, like, what was your, what what were you thinking? Yeah, so, I was at home with my family, and we were FaceTiming a bunch, and obviously, I had really strong feelings for her, but I was like, we only, like, hung out for a week, and she's leaving for 18 months, so I was like, I'm just gonna enjoy the time we have to talk, but, I mean, who knows, where it will go if it happens then cool but i was just kind of hesitant um but then i was having a conversation with my dad i hung up the phone with annalisa and they my family can just read me really well and my dad goes oh he says something along the lines of like do you think it'll work out and i said Something along the lines of, uh, I don't know, like, we'll see. She's going on a mission, so. But then he goes, I bet if she wasn't going on a mission, we'd be having a wedding this summer. <laughs> oh, 
And <laughs> at that moment, I was like, you know what? You're probably right. And then I, at that moment, I, I couldn't, um, couldn't try to fake myself out or lie to myself anymore. I, I had to admit that I was, I was pretty head over heels for her. Wow. Now, obviously, like, you know, I know Annalise is a great person, but I mean, what, what to you made you feel that way after a week? I know certain people probably listening right now, they're like, a week, how do you know? Like, but like, how do how did, how did you know? Um, so I guess I, I had some criteria, uh, for the person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, right? She's got to be a 10. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like, I think I'm a pretty good looking dude, so... I wanted my wife to be pretty good looking too, right? Um, that was a big thing. And then I wanted to make sure that like more than just on a physical level that we matched like on a physical level that we matched on an intellectual level and that we matched on a spiritual level. So that was really what I was looking for. And, you know, we were both working in the temple and so she was like going on a mission. So the spiritual the spirituality and like the spiritual level was met there. Um, and we had had lots of conversations in like in line with those topics. Right. And then like on a mental level, I could tell she was super smart. Um, that chem one Oh five class that we were taking together. I think we got the exact same grade on the final. Right. So I was like, which should not be impressive. Cause we didn't do very well on it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were a little distracted. That um, week of finals. Yeah. By each other. <laughs> But, but hey, we definitely learned chemistry, so. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Good one. But no, I, I could just tell that she checked the boxes and um, I, don't, I just couldn't stop thinking of her. Right? That was, I mean, she, she said that after that first date, I texted her to see what she was up to that night because I literally got to my apartment and I could not stop thinking about her. And it's been like that ever since... I had seen her in that temple the first time, right? Like ever since I saw her smile for the first time, I just had always thought about her and she was always kind of just like in the back of my mind. And then I met her and I was just like, dang, holy cow. And so it was just that, you know, and there, there's been like, obviously before I proposed, there was a lot of other stuff that happened and our relationship built and developed for a long time before that. But it was just those things that, made me go, holy cow, this is somebody special. I need to invest some time and energy into this relationship. He's pretty romantic. (laughs) (laughs) And I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Fair enough. Okay, so so you know, honestly you go on your mission, uh, which was obviously great. Um during during the time because you know Tell me how it developed for you guys. You know, I know, like on your mission, you can only use email, right? So, like, how did how did that work? And and Caleb, like, were you like, how did you kind of approach uh, emailing her? You know, you didn't want to like, you know, scare her off by talking about stuff, and especially when she's, you know, supposed to be devoted to God and things like that. So, like, how did you kind of go about it? Yeah. So, um, on a, on a mission. Pretty much all of your time is devoted to God, right? To preaching the gospel, to helping families, all that kind of stuff. Um, we taught English to people in the community. We taught lessons about Jesus and all that kind of stuff. But you have 
um, part of one day, most of Monday, usually it's Monday, one day of the week is devoted to, like, all the things that you need to do, like, shopping, cleaning, and then communicating with your families and friends. And recently there's actually a change, so missionaries are able to FaceTime or call their family, so I think grandparents, parents, and siblings, um, they're able to call on that preparation day. Um, but yeah, since we were not related, um, we emailed and so we were able to email once a week. And so we would email back and forth and I, I loved it. He would always send me pictures. I enjoyed hearing about his life. It was really a unique way to get to know each other because we were able to learn so much about each other in writing, which I think is very rare nowadays. He sent me handwritten letters, I sent him handwritten letters back, and so it was really a cool time just because we had a really interesting communication. I don't know. Right. Alright, Caleb, same uh, same question to you. Yeah, so for those 18 months, um, I met Annalise in my first semester of college, and so I dated a bunch of people during that time. I went on dates with... <laughs> I was a mad player. He was, though. <laughs> I mean, I went on dates. In in the course of a year, I went on dates with 20 to 30 different girls. And I mean, oh, my gosh. Scandalous. Something, too, that you need to understand about, like, dating LDS at BYU, dating. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, give us, yeah, give us a... Uh, give us a... A taste, not a taste, but yeah, d- d- break it down because for for people who don't know the culture there, it's it's very different. Yeah, so culturally, it's just interesting because uh, people are dating to marry. I think first of all, right for for the most part, a lot of people are dating to find who they want to marry, and so there's a part of the culture that I don't know you go on dates but it's you can go on dates without being a boyfriend and girlfriend you can go on a date with someone one day go on a date with someone else the next day and it's not considered bad <laughs> yeah i mean like you go on dates and if it gets serious then like you become more exclusive yeah right. or like obviously that like, completely ex- exclusive right so i mean there's days where i would go on a date with a girl in the morning and then i would go on a date with a girl in the evening right like a different girl and that's not super uncommon for like provo that because you're trying to get happens. to know a bunch of people and see who you click with and then if you click with someone then you go on more dates with them and then you have what is often called a dtr where you define the relationship and then that's when you break up or you become exclusive or you continue dating non-exclusively and like the way a date is defined in provo is super loose right like if you're hanging out with a girl alone, that's like considered a date. Or if you're hanging out in a big group of people and everybody like came with somebody, that's a date. So, I mean, it's just, and dating is like really popular, promoted. <laughs> yeah, it is really promoted. There's like a lot of things to do with a date in Provo. A bunch of people go on dates. It's it's really fun. It's it's a party, honestly. To yeah. Just go on dates with lots of people, get to know a lot of people. It's a lot of fun, and that doesn't mean that you're kissing all of those people. It usually means that you aren't. Just you go out, you get ice cream, you call it good. You chat. 
It's the, the most pure form, form of dating. dating. Yeah, yeah, it's like if you take dating back 30, 40 years, because that's what it used to be like, according yeah. to my mom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. went on dates with a bunch of girls for a year, um, and then after that, I was just, I mean, like, there's a lot of mixed emotions that happens in that, right? Like, feeling guilty, and obviously, Annalisa and I um, had some communication, and she knew kind of where I was at. But after about a year, I was like, ah, I can't really do this a whole lot anymore. And I'm just going to wait for Annalisa and, and see where things come. But I mean, letters and everything, sorry, I guess to get back to the original question, letters and everything were awesome. Um, I would spend an hour or two hours like writing up a, a long email to send her and I would just go over stuff that happened in my week. I'd ask her questions. I would answer questions that she had asked me in a previous email and, and stuff like that. So I would spend the majority of my email time just communicating with Caleb. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Showing us to the fam. My mom was fine with it. She loved Caleb from the start. <laughs> um, no, but, but my question to you, Caleb, I guess like, um, you know, cause that's kind of like a big undertaking and, and maybe you kind of just like, as you guys started talking more and more, you kind of just realized, like, I'm not really finding much in Provo. Um, like, you know, maybe this Annalisa girl is the one. Like, is that kind of how you went about it? Like, where you kind of just more and more accepted the fact that, like, this girl could be it? Or was it a little bit more complicated than that, where you could have had things with other girls that, you know, I don't know, just didn't work out for one reason or another? So... Basically, during that time, Annalisa was the standard, right? And I wanted to make sure... Like, I had a, had a really good feeling about Annalisa. But there's a lot of wonderful girls at BYU and a lot of just wonderful girls in general. And so, for me, I just wanted to feel confident in my relationship with Annalisa. And for me to get to that point, I felt like I needed to go on dates with more people. And so... I went on dates with other people and got to know other people really well. Um, but nobody matched up to Annalisa. Nobody came close to, to that connection that we had together. And so overall it just like wasn't worth it. And, um, typically like after I would go on like a couple dates, I would end things because I was like, I, I can't like be like fully committed to anybody else at this time because I have to figure out where things are going with Annalisa. And so I was kind of like on pause um, essentially until I could figure out where things were going. And obviously I, I hoped they would go in the direction that they went, but I had to wait and see. But I felt like during that time I got the, the reassurance that I needed that like, okay, this isn't a fluke. This isn't um, just like me meeting somebody and thinking it's super great because somebody's interested in me. Like I went out and I felt like I did the work to be able to know like, no, this is something that's really special that Annalisa and I, I have something that's really unique. Um, so that's what that time was for me while she was on her mission. When it comes to... Um you know, getting to know somebody over email and, and things like that, like, you know, 
like I actually was was talking this with a friend earlier about like long distance in general how you know for me when I was in El Paso doing that like you know some people they they don't like being away from their partner because you know like for obvious reasons you like to be in person you know kiss cuddle whatever for me I I, I like that independence to be able to like you know because if I was with somebody in the same city I'd feel the need to like hang out with them all the time and like maybe free time that I could have used to spend you know working on myself or you know like doing stuff that I wanted to do I would be doing with them so like how did you feel it maybe helped or hurt uh being you know long distance and talking via email the way you were like do you feel like it was a more genuine connection the fact that you guys got to like message each other only like how how do you think that that affected you I think um there there's a big benefit because you can kind of get away from the hormone aspect of it right like obviously we had some awesome physical chemistry there and physical chemistry is an important part in any relationship but i think for a lasting relationship there needs to be more than just that spark and that that physical chemistry going on and so we really got to develop the the emotional part of our relationship through letters and emails which i thought was really great yeah i agree i think it did a lot of good things for our relationship but at the same time like i don't want to trivialize long distance relationships at all because I think they are super hard and it was super hard for us we both went through really hard times with that from being apart from one another um because I think a lot of things come more easily when you're together and there are difficulties that you go through when you are apart like that and you're not able to communicate as often um but I do think that it was very beneficial to our relationship long term and I mean, part of that too is like, I had made a commitment to be in Argentina for a year and a half. And so I I wanted to honor that commitment and make the most of it. And so that was my priority at the time, absolutely. And so when I was emailing Caleb, that was a really great way to get to know him and be able to have him be a part of that while still keeping that as my priority. So with the circumstances, I think it was absolutely the best for us. Going into it a little bit more, uh, you mentioned, you know, some of the harder times of it, like what exactly uh, for you guys, like was the most difficult part? Was there any moment in this whole, in that whole process that you were like, I don't know if this is it. Like, what what would you say would be like, not like the lowest point to be all dramatic, but what would you say would be that point? So for me, I mean, I don't want this to sound bad, but I kind of had less on the line than he did because I was in this mission for a year and a half and I wasn't developing relationships with anyone else or really like, communicating with anyone else in any kind of relationship way right and so he was to me just this wonderful person that I wanted that I saw a lot of potential in and I wanted to develop that relationship and see where it went but I at that point was really excited about him and really excited about the relationship but I didn't really know if he was the one um I was excited and wanted to talk to him every week and I was super excited for when I got home to be able to explore that relationship, but 
I wasn't giving up much to communicate with him. I had hard times of like, I really like this guy and I felt jealousy because I didn't know like if he, what he was doing with other people or how that was going or if suddenly he was just gonna stop writing me and I wouldn't know what happened. And so like just fears like that I think were difficult, but overall I think the process was a lot harder on someone who's writing a missionary because if you are only writing them, it's a lot of commitment with school and life and friends and dating that you're giving up a lot of time. Hmm. What about you, Caleb? Um, there was definitely some hard things, right? Like being interested in a girl who's over a thousand miles away on a mission and then going and asking somebody else out on a date, right? That, um, was just a hard thing for me because I didn't want to like lead people on and I didn't want to like mess with people's emotions or manipulate or, or things like that. Right. So I had to find the balance between like, I felt like I needed to go on dates with people, but also I didn't want to just like feel like I was leading people on. And so that was a really hard balance for me to find, um, really tricky, but I had good roommates and friends who like helped me out. Um, but there was definitely like some really, really hard nights where I just felt super torn up inside because like I went on a date or two with a girl and she felt something more like stronger than I did. And I had to end things with her just because I wanted to keep that option with Annalisa open. Um, so those were like some really, really hard times because I just, I felt bad. I felt like I was being a bad person. Um, so there was like that hard point. And then there's like the hard point of like, is this going to work out? Like, am I wasting my time? We hung out for like a month and it's been 18 months or it's going to be 18 months. Like, is this even going to work out? Am I wasting my time? There's a lot of doubt that that can be there as well. So yeah, those were, I guess the, the hard things for me. Um, now I want to phrase this question properly. Uh, obviously I love you guys together and like, you know, you guys are meant to be. Um, and I don't, I don't mean to ask this maliciously, but my question to you is, and maybe just, you know, for other people who might be in similar situations in the LDS church, like, do you feel like you gave yourself like an adequate opportunity to like, you know, date outside of you and Annalisa or did you kind of feel like, you know, not that, not that it was like unfair to other girls, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I'm not trying to say that you guys aren't meant to be together, but like, you know, looking backwards, like, did you feel that like, oh, well, Annalisa was like it. So like, you know, I need to wait for her or, you know, did you feel like, oh, maybe I like could have done a better job at like, you know, like focusing on other relationships first. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a solid question. I think for anybody in a similar position, their answer may differ and vary and and all of that. Um, You hear a lot of married couples say, when you know, you know. Um, And that is true for a lot of people, but that's probably not true for a lot of other people, right? And so there's, there's differences in that. But for me personally... Um, as I said, I, I went on dates with a lot of people. I got to know a lot of people in different social settings and things like that. And so 
I got to a point where I said, I feel like I've, I've done this right. I, okay. So sorry, this is super nerdy. Um, but like love statistics, love economics and in statistics and, and economics, they have the number 30 and before 30, you can't use some statistical tests because your sample size isn't considered large, but after 30, that is what is considered a a large sample. And so it's like, it's, I think 30, 30 is a pretty arbitrary number, but over the course of my life, I've gone on dates with about 30 girls. And so I felt like the statistics side of me was like, I have a large sample size. I have a good taste of what's out there. I don't think it'll ever get better than Annalisa. And so for me, when I got to that point, I was like, I'm good, right? I'm, I'm, I feel like I've done my, my due diligence in searching for a life companion. Annalisa, when it, when it came to, you know, obviously Caleb was feeling these things. What was kind of your feeling like? Cause I don't know how much, uh, you know, maybe you're both feeling this or whatever. Cause I mean, you both said, you know, you were smitten, but like, like how, how much did you both, when you were going through it, kind of have an, a feeling in the back of your head, like, oh yeah, this is someone that I may want to like spend the rest of my life with. Um, and how much did you kind of let that out? Like how much did you, were you willing to admit, um, either to each other, but also to yourselves? Like, like not like, oh, we're fooling each or fooling ourselves, but like, like you kind of knew like, like, what are we doing here? Like we should be together. Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Um, My thought process... On the mission, I was trying to stay very focused so that I could focus on God and make sure that I was doing everything to the best of my ability and that I had no regrets. But at the same time, I was super excited about our relationship. I felt the potential. I was still very smitten with him, even after just having communicated in writing for so long that when it came close to the end of my mission, I was sure that this would be something that we could be in a relationship. At that point, I also knew that he was still there, right? That he was still writing me. It had been 18 months and that I, I saw a ton of potential. I definitely considered that he could be the one. Um, I was not sure at that point, but I definitely had super strong feelings to the point where like a couple times on emails, I almost wanted to write like love you at the bottom, but we hadn't said I love you yet. And so we didn't do that, (laughs) but, um, I definitely developed very strong feelings for him. Um, just, I mean, that first time we've met and how we clicked, we never really lost that. It was just really really a cool connection that we made and then we developed so much emotionally over the course of those 18 months and so that when I came home we really just clicked again and we just had so much more emotional connection behind that that we were able to just really jump into it yeah I mean just just you know obviously a very special moment when you came home from Argentina um Caleb, take me through kind of like that moment for you seeing her for the first time in, you know, yeah, 18 months, you know, a super long time. Was it kind of like, 
you know, not not to play it up a ton, but, you know, was it kind of like a moment where you're like, ah, like, you know. Oh, it was like, terrifying for both of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, Keith, Keith, you were here for that moment. I don't, I don't know if you remember your uh, pilot costume and at the no. airport and, <laughs> and all of that. that <laughs> oh, maybe I did that. But, no, but uh, I mean, what were you guys, what were you guys thinking? I, so I drove up with, drove to California from Utah, so I guess down, not up, but Drove to California with Annalisa's friend, um, and then one of my friends, and they're they were engaged at that time. Um, so drove to California with them, and I was super nervous. Right? Um, there was a lot riding on this. We've been riding for eighteen months. Yeah, I mean, just there's there's a lot behind that emotionally, right? And so I was super nervous. Um, it's almost like a first impression all over again, but with so much more pressure. Yeah, and then on top of that, like her parents are there, her friends are there, her like her the rest of her fam her sisters are there, her grandma's there, right? Like <laughs> I'm just walking into this after like in person for nine, ten days. And so I I wanted to like throw up. I was so nervous. <laughs> Um, but she hugged me and it just, that was awesome. And then we gradually like got some alone time together. Uh, my mother-in-law set us up to like drive her sister to the airport, which was like the first time we were alone because there was so much family stuff going on at the time. So after we dropped my sister off at the airport, we ended up kissing for the first oh. time after 18 months, which was great. Yeah. And so it just, it picked up kind of right where it left off um, with with some speed bumps there. I'm just like, I'm so nervous. Like, what's going on? I can't even talk to her because her whole family hasn't seen her in 18 months and they, like, need to talk to her and all of that kind of stuff. And so we uh, we got to go to the beach and get some tacos in California and, and all of that fun stuff. And so the the relationship just kind of picked up and it's – the the relationship that I was hoping it was going to be those 18 months. And so that was really reassuring. Yeah, what was kind of the, uh, I don't know, if, well, do you feel like it was, or I'm sorry, what was the biggest growing pain, uh, would you say, in, in, you know, that kind of comeback period? I don't know what Annalise is going to say, but for me, it was probably the fact that, like, after I got that confirmation, um, I was ready to go, like, I was, was like, ready to get married. <laughs> I, I was so ready to get wow. married. I was like, she's the one. I've been waiting for her for 18 months. I'm super sure about this. Um, this is like, I would have gotten married in probably six months. I wasn't quite there yet. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think, I think that was like the biggest growing pain, right? It's like, yep. I was just ready Getting to, on the same page. I was just ready to like push the pace and I just was ready to start the rest of my life with Annalisa and she was ready to date me seriously. Yep. And so <laughs> that was that was probably the biggest struggle growing pain right there. I would, oh, I, would, I would definitely second that, first of all. Um we we definitely jumped right into it. It was like I had been back two or three days and you said I love you. Yeah. And I said <laughs> it back. <laughs> But that's really stressed me out because that was super fast. Um, I mean, relatively, right? Because we've been writing for a year and a half. So we'd known each other for this long time, developed these feelings and everything. But 
we had just started dating officially, like, the day or two before. And so I was feeling kind of freaked out by that, right? A little bit stressed. A couple weeks after that, like, you mentioned marriage for the first time. Kind of of stresses me out. (laughs) Because I had just gotten home, right? And so I... He had gone through this whole confirmation process, whereas I had tried not to focus on it too much while I was on my mission, so I wouldn't get in my head about it and worry about it too much. And so I still needed to go through that process of of confirmation and study study it out so that, like, make sure that we really work well together and take the time to, I don't know, go through lots of different situations together, see each other in different situations. So... That was very important for me, but eventually I definitely got on the same page, and we had honestly just a wonderful courtship. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Great word. Um, yeah, that's that's I guess you know leading to the next question. Um, you know, because and I was there. You know, obviously I talked to you guys. Well, maybe more so Annalisa than than Caleb, but like, um, you know, it seemed like you guys were going good and. And then, obviously, you you know proposed later that year. Um, how did how did things go? You know, relationship wise, coming back, like, you know, was it easy? Was it was it? Um, obviously, you mentioned like getting on the same page, but like, um, you know, were your suspicions of like something good kind of confirmed in that in that next couple months? Absolutely. I think one of the the funniest things for me to watch was all of my friends knew about Annalisa. And they knew who she was. They had seen pictures of her. They had heard me talk about her. They had dealt with my, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, is this, right? Like, they... You're whining. Yeah, my whining. <laughs> like, I miss her so much. Like, I wish she was just here, right? Like, they're the ones who dealt with all of that. And so they all knew who Annalisa was. They knew her super well. And so she got home and there was a good handful of people that knew all about her and all about us, but she did not know them at all. (laughs) And so that was really funny to watch her go through because she just like had to get to know them and and all of that. But she fit in super well with like my friends and um, later down the road, my family. And so all of these things just started clicking and falling into place. And it honestly just was super easy as far as dating goes i mean we didn't really fight we just yeah had we uh, stayed up too late didn't get enough sleep yeah (laughs) for the most part it's just smooth sailing yeah it really was and that was really funny when i came home and it's these people knew everything about me and my mission and i did not know them at all (laughs) but it's fair because a lot of my mission companions because on a mission you are paired with someone right that you call your companion and so a lot of my mission companions knew all about Caleb. One of my mission companions right. said she was in love with him because she thought he was so romantic and funny. <laughs> and <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, we honestly had just a great relationship and it was very easy. We always wanted to spend time with each other. We always made the time to spend time with each other. We never really got sick of each other at all. So it was just a great indicator of yeah, this is it. He's he's what I want in my life. Wow. Okay. So yeah, Caleb, take me through the. Uh, you know, obviously you were thinking marriage, which you know, a quick sidetrack by the way. Like, you know, as as briefly as you guys can explain it, like, 
marriage in 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 the LDS church like what does that mean I know it's it's a bigger deal uh, for you guys than the most people so like um, kind of explain why marriage is such like a, a I guess revered thing yeah so in our church marriage is for time and eternity right so we believe that after this life we'll be together with our families and specifically together with a person that we're sealed to and so the ceiling is um there's like the marriage which is a civil union and then there's the ceiling which is the heavenly union essentially right and so this ceiling means that for time and all eternity you're going to be with this person and you're going to be um working together throughout the eternities right and so the the marriage decision and obviously like marriage and family is so important um to us individually but as members of the church of jesus christ and latter-day saints there's a huge emphasis on marriage and family right it's so important um really like the building block for cultures and societies right and so a lot of our our worship and our faith is based around families and the family unit unit and so there's a lot riding on a marriage, right? Because you're not just escaping it after you die. And um, obviously, like, you don't want to go into a marriage thinking that divorce is going to happen and things like that, right? And so um, when we think marriage, we think time and eternity. In a lot of ways, it's a really romantic thing, I think, um, in our church to believe that two people can be together forever. Um, there's a song that like little kids will sing in the church that families are together forever, um, or families can be together forever. And so, um, we just have a really big emphasis on that. And so marriage is a very important aspect of that. Um, it's really key to having that, that family unit. Yeah, a couple questions uh, just about marriage in general. Um, obviously, because you guys are a married couple and the only married couple I know right now. Um, so, like, firstly, when it comes to, um, I guess, like, well, firstly, the, the, the whole sex component of it, uh, which I know might be, oh, it's, it's taboo. But, like, when it comes to, like, you know, the LDS church, like, can you, um, like, can you set the record straight about, like, you know, when it comes to sex, obviously you can't have that before marriage, right? And then, like, do you, f- what percentage do you feel of people do it for that sexual component? Is that, like, a huge thing? Is that maybe a little bit dramatic? And then also, can you clear up any misconceptions about, oh, the multiple wives thing, like, or whatever? Yeah, for Definitely. sure. So, I guess to hit the, the multiple wives thing on the head, um, early in the church, polygamy or the the practice of having multiple wives was practiced but members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints haven't practiced that for a long time it was um basically denounced by church leaders and if any member of the church is practicing polygamy they're excommunicated or kicked out of the church essentially so that's not something that we um we practice but then as far as the whole sex component the the church teaches abstinence before marriage um so just to remain like sexually pure and and all of that but obviously there's um 
people who fall short of of that and that is something that the church looks on with forgiveness and and there's repentance right and so we believe in in the atonement or basically like the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for our sins and so people who um sin and and right like we all sin that that happens to everybody but there's a repentance and, and a process that you can go through to become clean and and worthy right so there i just want to to clarify that like sexual sins in no way um like prohibit you from from being married and from enjoying the blessings of the gospel right um but there is um that like that that is something that's taught right abstinence before marriage and so for us um like i said earlier it was nice to be removed from like the hormones aspect of it during those 18 months so we could develop and um develop our relationship on an emotional level and there are probably some people within um like the lds church who are just so excited to to enjoy those physical relationships that they may not rush into it <laughs> ru- rush into it or not fully think about like what it takes to develop a relationship emotionally and they're kind of just running off of their, those hormones right so that's probably a thing that that happens um how how much percentage wise sorry to interrupt how much percentage wise would you say well i think that's like relationship to a relationship i think there is definitely a a percentage of most relationships that may rush the process along I mean, culturally, it's we get married a lot faster within the LDS community right. than outside of it, just on a, on a general basis, right? Um, that's not true of everyone. But I think that a part of that culture is probably due to that and just um, those feelings and feeling excited and wanting to have sex and all of that and so I think that that may influence a number of marriages but I think like on I still think that those marriages are based on real feelings and all of those things as well but I think that some people may rush into it a little more than they would otherwise yeah I I have a bunch of friends who are married within the last couple years and I don't think that rushing into marriage for physical um reasons is really at play in in their relationships like i've i've a fair number of friends who have been married recently and i think they took the time to develop the emotional side of things and and all of that so yeah i couldn't put a i couldn't put a percentage on it but i'd say it's a small percent if i had to yeah it'd be it'd be a small percent yeah interesting so i mean I mean, I guess, would you say the reason why you guys do get married so quickly is because, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but here's what I'm I'm kind of understanding. It's number one, it is the focus uh, on the more emotional aspects of the relationship, like focusing on the connection and, and, you know, not having the physical stuff be in the way per se. You know, you're not doing it just for that. Um, and then also, I, I assume probably a big part of it too is, the fact that like the family you know nuclear family family unit unit excuse me is really a, b- a big part of your guys's life um and like 
you want to you know start a family and, and things like that so to have that you have to be married is that correct yeah, yeah I think that's a huge part of it and I guess just like growing up you learn about the importance of marriage and and you're taught the importance of marriage and so I mean from the time that you're what like 16 years old you kind of you you think about it right um like what would I like my husband or wife to to be like and how do I want my marriage to look? And you see like examples of marriages that are successful and not as successful. And so it's just something that for the most part, I feel like members of the church are aware of and they're thinking about. And so it's not something like, I don't feel like very many people go into it thinking like, I'm going to have like a crazy time and then I'm going to settle down. It's I'm going to go, I'm going to, date people and when it's right then I can start like the next chapter and next step of my life in being married and and having a family yeah I definitely Speaking. oh go ahead oh sorry well, there you go I definitely agree with that I think that the even people within our church who get married super quickly that usually it's just mostly due to that focus on family and the idea that when you know, you know, right? And so a lot of people know that that's the person they want to marry, and so they can jump into it. There's not really a reason to wait and to prolong it once you do know that that's who you want to marry. Yeah, I guess the this is, I'm not trying to make a, a bad analogy here because I know you guys, uh, you know, aren't alcohol people, but like, I know like there's a big reason why. Um, like like European countries drink earlier is because like that way they can like show kids like healthy drinking habits or something like that. That's the rationale at least um, to show like oh here's how to like responsibly handle alcohol instead of like America where you know kids are doing it before they should and then you know getting drunk and whatever because they weren't taught properly. Blah blah blah. Would you say that like that's kind of a thing with at least the dating cultures that like you date um in a proper way it's not just like oh i'm just trying to like hook up or whatever but you're actually dating with the intent of like getting to know somebody uh how much can you guys speak to that yeah i really like that analogy i also think like sex creates such an important bond like physically neurologically um that that's a big part of the reason that abstinence before marriage helps you so that you only have that strong emotional and physical connection with that one person who you've chosen to spend eternity with. And so I think that's also really important um, for us. And I think that's a, another big part of the reason that we, we kind of live that lifestyle and put that into marriage and have that be ours, I guess. Yeah. And, right. and really, like, that's the, the way that we choose to live, but we don't want to to judge or to hate on people who choose to live in other ways. We have lots of really good friends who obviously like aren't members of the church and we don't want to like condemn or, or I don't know, just we want to make sure that people know that if they don't live in the way that we live, we're not like being judgmental, right? Right. We're not judging them at all that this is just the way that we've chosen to live in our personal beliefs. Yeah, your own personal decisions. Exactly. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, fi final couple questions I have for you guys. Not trying to, not trying to, you know, talk your ear off here, but uh, 
when it comes to the marriage itself, you know, I mean, that's, it's a big step. It's a big, it's a big thing in your guys' lives. Um, you know, I think, oh, wait, you guys are already past a year, right? At this point. Yeah, it's been a year and two months now. Close to three. Close to three months. Yeah. How would, uh, this, this might sound awkward to ask, but it's like, how would you assess how it's gone? Like, you know, what, what has been, um, you know, the, the best part and, and what has been maybe a challenge for you guys? Um, yeah, I don't know. There have been some incredible parts. We've honestly, it's been an amazing first year. Like, I have loved being married to Caleb. He is just the most wonderful husband and such a wonderful person. And I've loved spending time with him and being able to get to know him in just new ways and be able to develop our relationship even more. Um... We've gone on some great trips. We've had some great times just watching shows and hanging out on the couch and just spending that quality time together has been wonderful. Yeah, and I think just something unique about people getting married around this time is the pandemic. That that plays a huge role into things. Like our last semester of college, we were, or our last year of college um, was all through the COVID-19 pandemic. And so we're doing classes from home with each other, uh, working from home. Right now we're both working from home. And so we see a lot of each other. And so that's been really awesome. Um, but just in general over, as like speaking on our marriage, there's like the pandemic that's come into play. We've graduated college. We've moved to Arizona. I started my first like big boy full-time job and so there's a lot of balance and things that has to happen and it's tricky and I'm just glad I chose somebody as awesome as Annalisa who's willing to like work with me through a lot of those things because moving is stressful and graduating college and starting in the workforce is is a stressful thing and so planning a wedding was stressful during a pandemic (laughs) yeah there are definitely a lot of stressful parts of just the process but um i think that we've been able to just really openly communicate with each other and be able to comfort each other and help each other and compromise on some things and just be able to just attack problems together and problem solve so it's been it's been great honestly yeah what is kind of the number one uh piece of advice you have in terms of you know in terms of the first year of marriage like uh What's something, or how about this? What's something you wish you knew a year ago? Like, what was something you wish you told your, your prior selves? Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking um, a lot of people... I like it's all sunshine and rainbows for you guys. <laughs> I mean, like, there's, there's ups and downs and there's, there's hard things that happen. Um, a lot of advice that we got, I guess, to, to maybe just debunk this one. People will say, don't go to bed angry. That's something that I heard all of the time before I got married. And I honestly think that's a load of garbage. Um, (laughs) Like when I'm tired, I am not rational and I do not think straight. And so for me, it's way better just to like, be like, I love you. Like I need to go to sleep. And then I go to sleep and I wake up in the morning. And for me, it's like way better. And honestly, like, I realize a lot of times that what I was upset about was really silly. And so like the, the whole don't go to bed angry thing, I think is 
like really, really dumb. I think that's awful advice. With one stipulation, I do think that you should never be angry enough at each other that you don't want to sleep in the same bed. Like you need to, if it, if you're that angry at each other, like you need to resolve it enough to be able to like say I love you and go to bed. That's my one right. stipulation for that. Yeah, and I don't <laughs> think we've ever really gotten to that point. No, we never have. But. I mean, like, we've had disagreements and arguments. And it's like, uh, I just need to sleep on this. Or, like, sometimes, like, I just need food. Because, like, <laughs> I get hangry. Yeah, that happens to both of us. <laughs> and so, I guess, like, you got to make sure that you're maintaining, like, your health and well-being, right? Um, but right. a lot of it, I think, is just, like, being willing to, to have conversations um, and talk about things. I think something that I wasn't quite expecting when I got married is um there was like some insecurities that I didn't realize that I had that came out when I got married and so I had to be like it 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 was there's times where it was a struggle for me to be like man I don't feel like I should be feeling this way and I understand that these feelings aren't completely rational but I need to talk with my partner and my wife about these feelings because it impacts both of us. And so I think just being willing to like open yourself up and continue to, to talk about what's going on with you, whether that be insecurities or I don't know, there, there's lots of different things that come up in marriage. Right. But just saying like, all right, like this may be stupid, but I need to talk to you about this. Definitely. I mean, that would be my number one thing is like open communication and everyone says that. Right. But it's, Sharing those things that you think, oh, this is dumb, I don't need to talk about this because it's dumb, right? But still sharing that, still talking about it, or like, oh, I can't believe my my brain is saying this to myself again, right? Like telling me these negative things, but being able to talk about them and work through it together or just communicate with your partner like, hey, I just want you to like listen to me when I say this and not problem solve or I need help with this let's problem solve it just being able to approach problems in that way and be able to be that open with each other about where you're at what you're feeling and being that vulnerable is huge yeah I think uh obviously great all all great things I think I saw a tiktok I mean I always well I try whenever I talk to friends about issues be like hey do you want me to listen do you want advice um and I feel like a lot of relationship issues happen because it's not because like um you two aren't like willing to like make it work or whatever it's just like sometimes you just it's just a miscommunication you know you mishear each other or like one partner gives the other partner something that they weren't looking for or weren't asking for and like they're not able to like problem solve in the right way so like how did you guys kind of like I don't know, is this something that you learned over time? Is this something that you, like, read online? Like, how did you learn these kind of techniques to, like, communicating healthily, I guess? Part of it, I think, is just trial and error. Um, Obviously, I've had lots of, like, good conversations with my parents before we got married as far as, like, what does it mean to be a good husband? And that's something that I've put a lot of thought into. And I know Annalisa has done the same as far as, like, having conversations with her parents and thinking, like, what does it mean to be a good wife? Um, and I think something that makes our marriage strong is we both practice the principle of ownership. We're both willing to like 
if there's something that's not right, we both take responsibility for that instead of pointing fingers. And I think that's really important. Um, but I think a lot of it is just trial and error. Uh, for example, like at night, I kind of like shut my whole brain off and get rid of like anything that could stress me out so that I can go to sleep. I don't really have that issue. I, I can sleep. I can always go to sleep. <laughs> so <laughs> that's usually when I think about things. I, I don't need to shut down my brain. And so that's when I think about things and that's when I would talk about things. And we found out that that wasn't very a very conducive way to talk about things because that was not Caleb's prime time to talk about things. Whereas the morning uh-huh. is not my prime time to talk about things. That's when I don't want to think about things and I just want to kind of chill. Yeah. And so just like little things like that where it's like you just have to compromise and figure out how to how to work with each other um like for me when i go to bed i don't want to think about anything i have to do tomorrow but for annalisa that's a time to reflect on the next day and so we had to figure out that like like it took like six or eight months or something like (laughs) that for us to come to this conclusion but i think it was moving that really brought us to that conclusion right yeah but there, there was a lot of times where i was like geez, like, just let me go to sleep. Like, what's going on? But she's just, like, trying to plan the next day, which is perfectly reasonable. But we just had to figure out that, like, this is how I work. This is how you work. And figure out how to work together and be able to respect both of those methods of of approaching, like, planning our days and stuff like that. Yeah, I think my parents' first major fight was, like, about which way the toilet paper roll goes on, right? Like, <laughs> one put it over, one put it under, and they... They just got super frustrated at each other one day about it. So just, just just some trial and error. Trial and error. Trying to not be stubborn and figure out, like, does it really matter? But sometimes just taking a step back and breathing can help with that. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask about that, like, because um, I know to a lot of couples, um, like, obviously you guys are married, and I know you have that, like, whole lifetime commitment thing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so for you guys, like, you know, breaking up not that it's not an option but you know what i'm saying it's it's you know you guys have that forever bond so like i'm sure that's definitely helpful when it comes to working through issues um because you're like no we're in this forever so like what advice i guess do you have to couples out there who i don't know may get like easily frustrated or they might you know instead of like looking at a problem for the fact that like it's just a problem and it's not about the relationship like what advice do you give to them about like fixing it or like being able to say this isn't an issue about the compatibility it's just us being able to like you know make compromise and and solve it like how do you go about that yeah i guess one of my pieces of advice is something that my dad told me and it's to be very careful about the stories that you tell yourself about the other person um and so for me, I think that's been important. Like I've just tried to be like very aware of like the stories that I tell myself about Annalisa, right? Like if she like sleeps in, um, like don't tell yourself the stories like, Oh, she's so lazy. She doesn't care. Right. Like I think it's very easy to, to tell yourself bad stories about your partners and the people that you're living with and spending time with. And I don't think that's good for a marriage relationship. Um, you have to to give them the benefit of the doubt and to tell yourself good stories and try to like really mentally shut down those negative stories. Um, Cause I think that's just really, really poisonous for a relationship. Um, and then in addition to that, just like 
being cautious of like who you tell your troubles about. Obviously, like you want to be able to have a network that you can can talk to and communicate to about. But if you're getting to a point where like every little like you're you're keeping score essentially and you're keeping tallies of things that are happening so that you can go tell your friends like how bad things were and like all like if you're looking for examples to like go tell people about bad things, I think that's a big red flag in your relationship. And so that was advice that I got early on. And so I think for me, it's been really helpful because I've caught myself in times where I like, I'm telling myself a story about Annalisa who I love and respect, but the story isn't giving her the benefit of the doubt. It's not a fair story for her. Um, and so being careful about those stories that I tell myself and then making sure that I'm not like looking for the bad because there's like there's hard things in every relationship and every person has faults like I have tons and tons of fault if Annalisa just looked for the faults in me we wouldn't be together um and I I think when you're dating it's really easy to to look for the good things but as time goes on like there's bad things and there's there's faults but you just have to be able to I don't know tell yourself good stories look at the good things yeah yeah, my question to, to to you both, and um, you know, it's just like, how do you know um, if you know? Because that's that's the biggest thing that I've noticed in relationships. It's like, it's either this can sound wrong, like not behavior as in like you know trying to control somebody, but like you know, it's either compatibility or behavior. So it's like you could have the chemistry, but like if you guys don't work well together, then like what even is it so like how do you know if a relationship isn't working because you're not meant to be or because it's just a way you guys are are like communicating or behaving that needs to be changed like how do you know what's what yeah I feel like that's a really hard question because I feel like it's it's very situation based but I I think that's it's really on a personal level of is this relationship worth enough to you to figure it out, right? If, if you're dating, right? Is this relationship worth enough to you to solve this problem? How big is the problem, right? If it's abuse, that's too big of a problem. It's not worth it, right? And so, like, it, it just depends on how big the problem is. And that's, that's a very one-on-one thing if it's worth it to you, if it's worth it to your partner to continue that relationship. But if you're both willing to put in that work and figure out the relationship and improve yourselves and not just like, oh, my partner needs to fix this, right? Then I think it's definitely a two-way street. And I think that a lot of people can figure out a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I think something that helps at least in our relationship is that there is like our, our faith is common ground. Um, and so we are both like devoted to principles within our faith that I think help our marriage relationship principles like continued improvement, right? Like continuing to grow and repent and become a better person principles of like love and charity and things like that. And so, um, I think if, if people even outside of the church are committed to common principles and common beliefs that they can make it work if they're committed to the relationship. Right. And so obviously like 
in an abusive relationship, one person is not committed to like love in that relationship. Um, there's some common principles that I think are, are going to make successful relationships that aren't there. But I think if you have a foundation of common, like core beliefs, principles, whatever you want to call it, then you can figure it out if you're committed to the, the marriage and the relationship. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I mean, I've always used this metaphor. I always say like relationships are like trees and it's like, if you're, you know, you got the same trunk and then you have the main branches that are, you know, those are like your, your core, you know, person and your beliefs and your values and, uh, all that good stuff. Like if those are the same, then you're going to be good. But like, you can have different leaves, you know, you can have different like twigs, you know, whether it's like, Oh, I like peanut butter, but I don't like peanut butter. Like that's, you know, you guys can get over that, but yeah, it's definitely that like the core, yeah, principles and values for sure are are definitely important. Yeah, and goals. I think goals is goals falls right in that. Like, do you have the same goals? Are you? And before like a serious relationship, I think that's something you want to check, right? Like, do we have the same goals? Do we have the same like life vision? And if those things remain the same, I think the other stuff is small. Yeah. Like what, what do you want to become together? What is your, your end goal for your relationship? I think that can really help bring purpose to a relationship and bring unity between people like to overcome smaller issues so that they can get to that goal or that life that they envision. When it comes to uh compromise, cause I know, I mean, that's, that's an important part of any relationship is being able to like take a step back and, and, and I don't know if concedes the right word per se, but like, how do you guys view compromise? Um, and if you could give any, if you want to give any personal examples of like ways that, you know, you were able to, to find common ground, um, and maybe some challenges in certain things where you, you didn't feel like you had to compromise or you didn't want to, but were able to kind of like view the good of the relationship as more like, what is your guys' opinion on, on all those things? Uh, so there's like little compromise and big compromise. I think like some little compromises, things like, what do you want to watch tonight? I want to watch this, like, but I want to watch this. We take turns picking movies. Right? Like things like that where you just like, it's like, oh, you want to watch like a chick flick? I guess. Yeah. Like let's watch that together and let's make sure that I have some popcorn (laughs) or, um, so I think there's like little compromises excuse me um there's the whole like figuring out your finances together and that's a that's a tricky thing too where it's like we have to decide what's important for us to invest our our money in um how do we want to spend like our incomes together and compromising as far as like just figuring out there's like there's some wants and there's needs and there's just like figuring that out together um, what wants are important enough to actually have. Right. Cause right. so things like that. But overall, I think, um, you just kind of, you kind of play it out and just figure it out case by case. Yeah. I think just both being really understanding and really loving and trying to kind of put yourself in your, your spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend or partner's shoes and just be able to see like how much do they want this how important is this to them how can I help them get what they want right and how can I help them so that we can better the relationship 
as part of that. Um, and I think we both are just able to talk through things and be like, is, is this important to you? Is this not important to you? Like, be able to make those compromises, but not in a sense of like, you have to meet halfway every time. It's in a sense of like, how, what's the best outcome for this? Right. Yeah, I definitely think, uh, you know, yes, yeah, it's, it's going back to the whole keeping score thing, because that's why compromise is such an interesting thing, because I know a lot of people these days are like, oh, well, you shouldn't compromise for anybody, like, you know, all about you, Yas Queen, like, whatever, like, that whole kind of culture, so to speak. Um, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily dumb, because I think a lot of times people settle in relationships and they get me you know mistreated and they're like oh no i'm just compromising but like at the same time it's like how much are you giving up of yourself um so it's definitely like it's a hard line to walk sometimes um but i definitely think that like what you guys are saying is and that's what i do appreciate about the the lds church it's like you guys are are as a as a people very selfless um which in that in my opinion is like that's the definition of love is two people being selfless for each other um and i think that like when it comes to compromise or making your partner happy it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're losing anything because you're making them happy and you want to make them happy being selfless um so i mean how, how much do you guys like think about that like about you know because i know service for you guys is important things so, like how much do you do you think about service in your marriage yeah yeah i love that i love what you said i think part of that too like the the feeling of just being able to feel like you can do what you want and all of that I think the goal behind it is just to feel empowered right but I think it can be very empowering to help someone else be happy um but make sure that you're not getting walked over right because there are relationships where only one person is the one who's giving and so I think it's important for it to be a two-way street but definitely in our marriage I think we we try to serve each other and make time for each other and talk about what our needs are. Yeah, and even just from a, a faith-based religious perspective, marriage is something in in the gospel that we view as an equal partnership. Um, that's something that's like stressed and taught, and that's something that we have really taken to heart. And I think that's important in a relationship where. Annalisa is not above me and I'm not above Annalisa, right? We are equal partners together doing things. And so um, that is, I think if, if you have that, that mentality, it's really easy to um, compromise and to, to figure out some of those. Help each other. Yeah, those situations. Very true. Very true. Okay, final, final, final question I have. Uh, this is mainly... For you, Caleb, but also honestly, you can you can uh, you can add on if if you so please. Um, you mentioned earlier about this whole idea of like, you know, when you first met her, you're like, and, and you know, you were dating other girls, you, know, you just couldn't get her off your mind, and you knew like, you know, this is a girl that I want to be with. Like, how I'm trying to word this properly. Like, how did you how did you know that? like how how are you so confident that this was like a unique thing and like what did you say or, or you know to the to the people that were like oh you know you'll find another girl that makes you feel like that you just haven't found her yet like how did you respond to that and do you feel that everyone that has that sort of connection but like loses them for one way or another 
should continue continue pursuing it? Like, at what point should they just like give up and and actually do see other options? Like, what what is your kind of mentality on it? So, there's a couple parts to your question. The the first part, um, there was a a guy who I talked to who was giving me some marriage advice. Um, he's a uh, one of the the leaders on my mission, right? So he's been very successful in his career and just has this incredible testimony. And I really looked up to this individual and he gave me what's called the head heart hormone talk. Um, that's what he called it. And so like the hormones obviously is like physical connection. Is that there? Um, is the head there? And the head is like, do they match up on paper? Like, is their resume the resume you want for your future spouse? Like, do they look good? Um, Does this make sense logically? Yeah, that's kind of the head part. Um, and then the heart part is that, like, do you long for them? Like, when you're playing basketball with your bros, like, is this girl in the back of your mind? Are you thinking about her? While you're, like, sitting and studying, like, do your daydreams fall back on times that you spent together, right? If you have like those three boxes checked, those are the three boxes that are that that need to be checked for I believe a successful relationship and especially a successful marriage. Um and so just like to make sure those things are checked, but then to check them in that order, to check them in the head, heart, hormones. Um just so you don't get confused and fall into like the I'm super attracted to this person. Um so then you don't give the the head or the heart part it's due due diligence right um so there's there's that and annalisa checked the head heart hormones for me um and so i knew that she was checking those boxes that like from that she was just like a special girl um and that our relationship was really special there is obviously like times where as a as a person of faith i took my concerns in prayer before the Lord. And I, I prayed about those things. And for me, that was something that was really important and reassuring. Um, and I feel like I received some direction in that, um, as far as peace and comfort in knowing that like, this is a good thing. So for me, that was important as well. Um, and then the second part of your question kind of fell along the lines of like, where do you when where do you know like if you have those things where do you know when to to continue pursuing and pushing or where to kind of pull back a little bit and i think it's important to recognize that relationships are a two-way street of course but also that relationships require work and you have to be conscious of continuing to develop your relationship like you have to be conscious of another person's love languages and and showing them affection and making them feel special. Um, and for me, that's sometimes like waking up earlier and doing the dishes and cleaning the apartment so that Annalisa wakes up to a clean apartment. Cause that's something that makes her feel good or like making breakfast. And she does very similar things for me to make sure that I continually feel loved and appreciated and supported. And so just committing to, to doing the work and and putting in the time to develop a good relationship because um, we, like, I feel like I am, I'm 
developing a relationship that I'm going to have forever. And so I want to, to invest in that relationship and put work into that relationship. And so that's something that I think will make a relationship successful, just knowing that it needs continual work, I guess. Yeah, I think it's important too, though, for both people to want to put in that work because otherwise it won't work. Um, and so if both people are on the same page of that, then I think it's worth worth pursuing and worth jumping into. Right. Right. Yeah. You got to have both people, uh, both people wanting it. Definitely. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Um, that's everything that I got. Is there anything else you want to add? Anything you guys uh, have been thinking about lately you want to, you want to talk about on the pod? Just super uh, thankful for the opportunity and the, the thoughtful questions that you asked, really. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. This has been great. Of course, of course. All right, folks, Anna and Caleb, the, the, the lovely couple. And, uh, yeah, I just want to say yeah, thank you guys for coming on. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been another edition of the Garbage Chronicles podcast. Uh, appreciate it. We'll be coming out with some more episodes soon. But for now, be safe. Get vaxxed. Hopefully COVID ends soon. But yeah, take it easy and we'll talk to you later.